guys, you're listening to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Uh, Charlotte is not joining us. She's looking She she's looking after a noisy tortoise. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Um, SEO Trot. Uh, ah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. He, yeah, he won't settle down. Yeah. So He's been removed from the studio. Yes. It, like, it, like some drunk rock star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been taken outside to to sober up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other, other, otherwise, Charlotte definitely would have been on this episode because I suppose this is like our part two of Aircon. Yeah. Um, we recorded Aircon. Josh, this, the Saturday I, night we recorded. I I was exceptionally tired. Yeah. And I didn't realise how much it came across on the recording until yeah. I listened back to it. Exceptionally tired. Um, we were in our Airbnb as well, mm-hmm. weren't we? So, hey, it was the Airbnb was lovely. It was lots of pictures of sheep and chickens. I, so, I, if you, you, you actually said at the time, lots of pictures of cocks. Yeah, I mean, there could be chickens there, but that was you, what infer, you said. You, you infer into that whatever you want, man. I yeah. mean, that's just no. It was the, you the, that the, said it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the cockerels. Yeah. Roosters. Disgusting boy. <laughs> so, uh, I suppose this episode is a kind of uh, what we did on Sunday uh, at uh, at uh, Aircon. Uh, and we got up to quite a bit. I mean, we, we got up pretty bright and early. Um, yep. We had, we had a good fried breakfast as well. Yes. Yes. Made by yours truly. Yes. The, resi- the, the unlucky frog chef. Yep. As well as uh, host, <laughs> yep, uh, and then made our way to the convention and played uh, quite a lot of games. So where do we begin? Well, I think you played, you played a game called Football Rivals, didn't you? I really like Football Rivals. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I always have a little bit of a bias for any game that isn't themed around science fiction or fantasy, not because. I don't like those genres. I love those genres, but at the same time, it's just really nice when something isn't themed around that, because it's there's a there's a lot of it in what we do. Uh, so in Football Rivals, uh, it's a two-player card game, and quite simply, you have your uh, team of eleven players. Each player has two cards in your deck, and uh, you'll have four phases of uh, of a turn. The uh, passing, dribbling, shooting, scoring. You don't look. Too I'm, I'm not very. Com- I'm not very confident on that. <laughs> there's four. There's four. There, phases. There was four phases. So the attacking player will select out of his hand how many players he wants to put down and where in which phases, and then the defending player will do that. This is all face down, so you don't know what's going to happen. And then you start at the beginning with the dice at six. And that's what the attacker has to roll to score a goal. And then you go through each phase. And if the attacker wins, they drop the number on the dice, depending on how much they won by. And if the defender wins, they increase the number. So attacker wins, increases their odds of rolling what they need to roll. Defender wins, decreases the odds of it. And it's basically a top trumps sort of thing. Each player has a stat for how good they are in each phase and uh, whether they're attacking or defending in that phase. So as you can imagine, uh, the goalkeepers are very good 
in the uh, scoring phase if they're defending, yeah. but maybe not so great at like passing or uh, dribbling. And likewise, strikers are very gr- are really good at uh, in the shooting phase if they're attacking, but maybe not so great in other areas. Uh, so you've got this little balancing act, and you, you might draw a hand that's very defensive, but you don't have an awful lot of attacking power there, or vice versa. And you're sort of trying to mitigate. Um, you're trying to mitigate what uh, against any weaknesses that you've got in your hand, and try and balance everything out so that you increase your odds of scoring or preventing the goal. So, but this is one of the things that because a lot of people say that in in games that involve luck. Mm random number generators, whatever you want to call them, that there's an argument that there's no skill within that. Nah, that's rubbish. Yeah, (laughs) it's complete rubbish because there is a skill in being able to respond effectively to things beyond your control. Mm. And the creators of the game, uh, and they, they were acknowledging that, the reason why a six will always score, and a six sort of represents that screaming goal out of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, which you get in real football. Yeah. you know. Uh, and likewise, you're always going to miss on a one, because you get that occasion in football where there's an open goal and the, the striker fluffs it and yeah. hits it over the crossbar. Uh, so I really liked that. Um, it, was, it was such a quick game to pick up. Um, I was I was like a game where I feel like I could introduce this to someone who doesn't play tabletop games, and they would probably enjoy it. Well, right? the the thing I said to the guys because um, I, I watched you playing it, mm-hmm. um, although I wouldn't buy it for myself. I, as I watched the game, I thought actually I could play that with my dad. Yeah, right. And he would like it because of the football thing. Yeah, I the, could play it with my uncle. Yeah. You know? The art style was really spot on as well. They went for um, pixel yeah. art. So, and the, the, uh, their rationale for it is uh, when they were younger, they loved games like Pro Evolution Soccer, uh, the old FIFA game, Sensible Soccer, that sort of stuff. So it evokes like that 90s era of uh, football video games. Uh, so, But at the same time, that art style... Mm. Gives the game a universal appeal. Yeah. Because if they if they just put footballers' faces on, mm-hmm. or if they just used like stock photographs or whatever, mm-hmm. it would make the cards look like panini stickers. Yeah. And a lot of people that are gamers would just look at it and go, Nah. Nah, not for me. But uh, th- so we were talking to them, and uh, they're going to be at UK Games Expo uh, later yep. this year. Um, hopefully we might get them on the podcast at some point. I'd yeah. love to have them on and have a chat with them. And do you know what the best thing was? They were Burnley fans. Well, they they designed a very good game. They were Burnley fans, Ben. Okay. They were Burnley fans. All right. I'm a Burnley fan. If you didn't pick up on that, yeah, so, I, I think we, I think I think I, think I got, got that that, <laughs> got yeah. that message home. Uh, so yeah, uh, that I, that was probably my favourite game that I tried. All weekend. Um, well, you you didn't play City of Kings. I did not play City of Kings. You you have been. We we are. I'm eager to try that though. Yes. Uh, and we'll be looking out a copy of that soon. But uh, so so after I was having a go with Football Rivals, uh, we played another game, didn't we? Merchants of Medius. Yes. Uh, this was designed by um, Pike uh, Pike Games. Yep. I believe uh, it's called. Uh huh. And uh, and. Basically, the the gist of it was uh, you've got a map 
you're all playing merchants and you're on trade missions, uh, you know, buying up resources uh, and uh, for cheap and trying to sell them when they're at their most expensive. It was a work. It's a work in progress. Yeah, uh, and it, they've been saying that it's uh, uh, been in work in progress for a couple of years now. Uh, mostly down to one of them having a child as yeah, well. Yeah, I think he, a- he actually said that he, he wasn't sure if he would make UK Games Expo mm. this year, just because it's maybe a bit much for him, because I think he's based in Durham, so yeah. Harrogate's not too much of a stretch no, for no. him, but Birmingham yeah, it, it, it possibly is. But th- this is the interesting thing about the the demo zone mm-hmm. in, uh, in Aircon, is that you you can play games like Wreck and Ruin, yeah, which is on Kickstarter right now, mm-hmm. is pretty much completely finished. Yep. But then you can also play uh, games like Merchants of Medius, mm. which still very much feels like a prototype. But it still feels like it it's got a bit to go. Yeah, but it was it, it at the core of it, it was a fun game. I I have a natural sort of affinity for any sort of trading or resource management games, mm. so I loved it from the get go. Uh, I I actually found it quite frustrating mm. because um, and to to I'll, I'll precursor this by saying that um, in fairness to the the chap from Pike Games, um, he he does have some ideas mm-hmm. for things that he wants to tweak. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what happened was I I felt at one point in the game that I was shoehorned into a situation that I couldn't really get out of. Yeah. Um, and he was describing how another player in a previous game f- found themselves in a, in a sort of similar situation, right? And I think like, you you can argue that that's maybe down to poor judgment of the player, mm. but and and that that's maybe true to an extent, but it it actually felt like it it was affecting the momentum of the game. Yeah. And it, it's it's a core rule of game design is that you need to incentivize certain behaviors in a mm-hmm. game or people won't just do them. Yeah. So what what happened was I had a quest where I had to take 18 wood to a specific town on the map. Mm-hmm. And I got to that town but I didn't have all the wood that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, I'm, I'm. I don't want to move away from this town. I'm going to wait here until the wood is cheap enough for me to buy it, mm-hmm. to drop it off." Yeah. So it 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 felt as if there there were some issues with the momentum of the game yeah. through that. And to their credit, though, though we tried some uh, we tried tried tweaking rules on the spot to see if that would work as yeah. well, uh, and. Uh, it, both of them furiously writing notes down, yeah, which is absolutely. Uh, which, which is what you do when you're playtesting a game, right? Yeah. You, uh, you you are going to need to make tweaks to it. It's one of the interesting things that um, Kat from I Play Red mm. uh, said on her Aircon podcast was that designers actually want players to fail at their game. <laughs> Well, they well no, no, but it's true because they, like, they 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 need to see how they can resolve mm-hmm. a losing game properly. Yeah, and you 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 need to you need to iron out all of these things mm-hmm. because the fact of the matter is that in most games there's only going to be one winner, mm-hmm. but the game has to come to some resolution for everyone. Yeah. 
And if if your only focus is on resolving the end of the game for the mm-hmm. winner, then uh, three out of four or five out of four or whatever of those players are going to have an incomplete experience. Yeah, absolutely. So you need to try and... It's such a delicate balancing act, yeah. isn't it? Uh, uh, not one that I could ever... <laughs> Accomplish. This is why I'm behind a microphone rather than <laughs> rather than designing a game myself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I really enjoyed it and the funniest moment of the entire game. I uh, so the mechanic is it's uh, you roll to move from. I just, city I just to sorry. City. I just remembered yeah. what what this was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was in a city uh, and uh, Ben was in the same city, right? <laughs> And I, I, I had basically bought a load of resources because my mission was, and I think I had to drop off like a load of clay in the next town along, right? And you've got to roll, but you've also each space you move, you need to consume food, yeah, right. So I bought just enough food to get me to the next city, right? So I roll the dice. It's a one. All right, no big deal. I just wait, and then I can move on. Move one space, draw the adventure card. Bad storm, move back one space. Move back to the city, and I don't have enough food. So I turn to Ben. Ben, I see that uh, you are in possession of some food that I require. Um, Could I... Could I perhaps purchase something the, the, off you? The, I, I pictured you just in rags by the side of the road. Look, please, sir. With a, a cart full of clay. <laughs> I will give you clay. I'll give you clay for an apple. We were saying that you just imagine that he picks out the, the wormiest uh, apple from There you go. Hey, uh, son. So that I mean that that was the standout moment for me. Yeah. So uh, so but it was it was a really fun game and we haven't even talked about the sort of the presentation of the prototype board as well. They actually made it out of wood. Yeah, like, it was incredible. Uh, so they put an awful lot of effort into it, and I think I think as they the playtesting uh, process continues for them, that game's going to turn out really well. So uh, it'll be interesting to catch up with them at uh, a later convention, no yeah. doubt, uh, and see how they've got on with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so what else did we uh, have a look at on the Sunday? I th- I think, as far as I can remember, we looked at most of the things that we wanted to by that point. Mm. Um, we we did catch up with. Uh, Tom from Themeborn Games. Yes. And we are going to be having a look at Escape the Dark Castle at some yes. point. His his table was mobbed yeah, all we, weekend. We we just I, he did not him. get he did not catch a break. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is a you know, it's a good sign. Yes. Uh a lot of buzz about that game. So we're looking forward to trying it. Apparently it has the, the feel of sort of nineteen eighties uh fantasy uh adventure games so I'm looking forward to giving that a go and I speaking of which oh yes I purchased four mm. fighting fantasy books woo from from Arian Games yeah uh, from Graham 
Uh, so have you finished? Have you finished them yet? I I've finished the first one. When you say finished, did it finish you? Um, That's my, yes. My, <laughs> my third character. Your third character. <laughs> uh, Simon, the slightly less anemic, managed to get through the the tower. Um, but things did not transpire as he had hoped. What happened? Spoiler alert. Yep, so... For a book book originally published in the 1980s, but spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler for like a 30-year-old book. Um, Simon got to the warlock. Mm -hmm. The warlock of Firetop Mountain. Yeah. Yeah, the the eponymous warlock. Mm -hmm. Um... The the first character I had got to the warlock and the warlock killed him. But Simon was a bit luckier. Yeah. He spotted the fact that the warlock had a deck of cards on his mm-hmm. table and he set fire to them. And the the warlock started to shrink. Ah and his power was diminished. So he beat the crap out of the warlock. <laughs> Got into the vault with the treasure. Yeah. Went to open the chest and only had two of the three keys that he needed. Oh, you're joking. And it actually said that you sit there and cry as you realise <laughs> that you're going to have to go through everything again. And in one hand, I was like, wow, that is brutal. But on the other... I hold on. The book actually tells you you sit there and cry. No, it actually says you sit there and weep. And weep. So just like just imagine Simon like oh, oh. <laughs> he's braved all these horrors oh my and doesn't God. have all the keys. That's that brutal. Yeah. So I I actually like that. That's how Simon's tale concluded. Is him just a sobbing mess, lying by the corpse oh. of the warlock. Clutching the two keys. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so Brilliant. yeah, they did not pull any punches in the eighties. No, no, evidently not. And you've got three more to go through. So I enjoy do. that. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Do you uh, know, I just remembered. See, when we were on the train on the way back, yeah, I, I, I got stuck right into the Warlock of mm. Firetop Mountain. I'm, I'm on the train, and there's a little baby. Was looking yeah. at the the, the book. front cover, yeah, because yeah, it's really brightly coloured. It's you mm. know, there's really They've nice. They've updated artwork. all the art, by the way, which uh, I think is a good thing. I do really like the original eighties. Yeah, uh, but it, art, it's because but... it's because they're really pushing uh, putting them into schools. So yeah. the kids will buy them, so they do they do need to update the art in that yeah, respect. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I, I I like the gold leaf at first, but now I'm not so sure because a lot of it's rubbing off. Oh, right. Uh, so, That's a but shame. anyway. Um, so this little baby's staring at the book, and you know she's there with her mum and dad. And, mm-hmm. You know everyone's like, oh, you know, sort of cooing over the the little baby, and then her dad chimes in, and he and he goes, she's looking at that cover and thinking that's him, and points to me, as if I look like the warlock of Firetop Mountain. Maybe to a baby you do. Apparently to an idiot I do as well. <laughs> So yeah, I was a bit offended by that. I thought you held your composure quite well. I thought I'm just I'm just ignoring that. Yeah. But I don't know why that guy 
thought that felt that compelled. Would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to think that; it's quite another to actually say it. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what made it worse is like we were joking earlier about the fact that the warlock looks like the the kind of guy you know, like he's got you know like pentagram rings on every yeah. finger. <laughs> You know, sit, sits in the corner at parties with a massive spliff. I think the exact phrase he used was edgelord. Yeah. Yeah, he, he epitomises he that. He, like. And this guy compared you to how he looked. Yeah, so I think like to that guy... You're an edgelord. Yeah. <laughs> so... Ben, you don't look like the cover. Thank you. Is that what you wanted me to say? Yeah. I, I you need, don't. I needed to hear that. You don't. But, um, so you, so that was your purchase of the weekend. I, I purchased uh, a game that I've played quite a few times before and loved, uh, Galaxy Truckers. Uh, and we had a very quick session of it on the train, obviously, with a very limited space. Yeah, with a little teaser. Yeah, um, I really like it. I, I know I like it already. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's fun. I, I will say that I think it's starting to look a bit dated uh, yeah, but it is dated. It's ten years old. Yeah, but I mean that—that's usually like, considering that Galaxy Trucker sells consistently well. Mm. The ten-year marks usually when people give a game a new edition. Isn't it's it? actually just coming up to ten years, so maybe because that's when Pandemic got its mm, new edition. Maybe no, gonna... actually, Pandemic got one even quicker than that because well. it originally released in two thousand and eight. And it got a new edition in 2012. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, get your finger out, Galaxy Trucker people. Check games uh, <laughs> executive, I believe. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but um, So that was my purchase of the weekend. But we also played another couple of games as well. Um, Omino's. Which was You're right, we a did. neat a neat little dice game. Really interesting story behind this. I couldn't believe it, but the creator was telling us I'm gonna say this now. I hope he wasn't making this up, because this sounds really cool. His grandfather discovered was an archaeologist and discovered dice, Egyptian dice, on an archaeological dig. Yeah. And this is what he's based the game on. I think that's awesome. I mean, if if he's made it up, that's an amazing story to make up. I really hope it's true. <laughs> I think it is. True. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go with it's true because yeah. it's awesome. Uh, so that's a neat little dice rolling game. What you're trying to do is you you each uh, take on a, it's four players. You each take on one of the symbols of the dice, and there's two like wild card symbols. Mm-hmm. And what you, you've got a little grid in front of you. You roll a dice. Uh, and then you move one of the existing dice, three spaces, and plonk, plonk the dice that you've just rolled somewhere else. Make four in a row, you score that many points, and take the dice off the board. Really simple, you learn it in like a minute, uh, and plays really quickly. Uh, yeah. But a really fun, neat little game. Um, we also spoke to Tristan. Tristan Hall. Yes. yes. Uh who uh has so he he has two games that have just funded. Mm-hmm. Well I think well Gloom of Killforth I think is on its second yes. printing. And, he, and he, there's some good. stretch goals from the original yeah. Kickstarter that they're uh, going to uh, yeah. put into yeah. it as well. And 
He's got 1066 Tears from Many Mothers. Yes. Which he thought, like, uh, when he was describing this to us, he he kind of thought, like, it might not take off. Uh, it's a two-player card game based around the Battle of Hastings, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and each card, uh, you've got unique units and actual historical figures and what their role in the battle is and a little bit of information about what they did as well. But, like, really, uh, it looked real like a really fun, solid... Uh, head-to-head asymmetrical deck. Do you know uh, he, he actually game. said of the two of them that um, 1066 got more funding, mm. which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, um, and he's uh, publishing a third game. Yeah, uh, not designed uh, by himself, uh, which just sounds awesome. Life form. Yes. And basically, uh, it's uh, one against many. Uh, you've yeah, got... it's, uh, I, th- I think the, the popular term is an asymmetrical oh. uh, game. So it, a little bit similar to Letters from Whitechapel, yeah. where you've got this one all-powerful character. The ag- aforementioned life form. Yeah, against a squad of plebs. On a spaceship. Yeah. Trying to escape. Yeah. I hesitate he, to he, he, I hesitate to compare it to a certain science fiction film. Yeah. But it's just like a certain science fiction film. He, well, he said it's more alien than aliens. Um, <laughs> so you can't go toe to toe with this thing. No, it's you've got to run. You got to run. Yeah, which which adds a huge amount of tension to the game. And see, as Tristan was describing this, yeah. it just sounded. Awesome. Yeah, so really we, want to try that. We're, we're really excited for that one. Mm. I, I, I do really want to have a go at Gloom of Killforth and Ten Sixty Six. Yeah, as well. they, they, they both. Gloom of Killforth. Uh, the artwork really was fun. stunning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you, unique among card games in yeah. that all of the art mm. was done by one artist. One artist, all unique as well. There's no yeah. art repeated. And that is a serious undertaking yeah. as well. So kudos for all the effort that was put into that. Looks and, and, and as a result of having the sing, one singular artist, very uniform look to it. Yeah, uh, not in a and not in a bad way though. It, everything looks consistent throughout the entire game. Yeah, because it's, it's it's one of the things like uh, Barry made me a dwarf deck mm. for Magic the Gathering. Yeah, uh, a few years ago. Uh, which was a really cool gift. Yeah. Th- thanks for that, Barry. It's, it's, I still love that deck. Um, but the because the art's been done by all mm. different um, artists, although you've got the common theme of the old dwarfs, mm-hmm. some of the cards just look totally different. Like, yeah. Almost like if it weren't for the fact that they've got the borders and the dwarf names on them, mm. they, they don't, some of them don't look as though they even belong together. Like they're, like they're not even the same game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's nice uh, when you've got a game like Gloom of Killforth yeah. that has that sort of you know unified art direction, absolutely, uh, and aesthetic, uh, and the game plays it, it plays really quickly as well. Uh, it, it again, it took Tristan like five minutes to, not even that to to take us through how the game works. So really keen to try that. Uh, my big question to him when I was uh, so it, what was really cool as well it's all card based so you pick a card for your race and a card for your class 
was so that's freaking... actually a fair bit of customization. Yeah, there, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, the the core game came with eight of each. So that's a lot of different combinations. And as I was flicking through the races, I can't find a halfling race here. <laughs> and he said, "Aha, that's the second edition." <laughs> so yeah. so we'll be picking up the second edition so I can be my halfling ranger. Yeah. So <laughs> I will be a dwarf something. Dwarf something. Probably dwarf warrior. Yeah. Berserker? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just go nuts. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so that they, they, they that was a really fun game as well, and keen to try both of his games and keeping a close eye on Kickstarter for life form as well. I do think gonna we're going to have him on the show at some point in the yeah, near we're gonna future. We're going to try and get him on. So many people from Aircon uh, yep. that we're we're wanting to talk to. Uh, so it's it's like a whole new world. Yes. Uh, watch oh, this. Sp- See, I I actually contemplated singing myself there and thought, no, I jumped Ben, in. ben wouldn't like that. No, ben I, wouldn't do that. No, I I set it up for you. I and know. You did, so I, I thought, didn't okay, take the bait. I, I didn't take jump the bait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel naked now. Ben is clothed. Yeah. Full disclosure. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so that that is pretty much our summary of Aircon. I think for me, the the funny thing with doing conventions now is like prior prior to them, as someone attending, I would just spend the whole time playing games. Uh, but now now obviously that we have the podcast, uh, I spend so much more time actually talking to one the creators themselves and two like other other podcasters, other YouTubers. Uh, and I get so much more out of that experience. You yeah, know? it's um, great to actually engage with uh, other human beings properly. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I think from what I from what I can gather, I've not been to many tabletop conventions, mm. but I, I think that there there's quite an emphasis at Aircon upon like just. Getting games from the library, yeah, the or, open play element, yeah, of just it. just playing games with people, um, which is really cool. Mm. But like you say, that you, yeah, we 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 weren't there to do that. No, we were there, we were there to try. I was like trying out the new games, right? And there, there were so many games that we didn't even touch. Like uh, Richard from uh, Medusa. Uh, he was there uh, showing off uh, magnificent flying machines, which we talked about in the uh, Glasgow uh, Games f- uh, Fair episode. Yep. I, th- I think he was. I think he was demoing Great Fire London as well. Yes, I, I saw that as well. Uh, so um, we had a brief chat with him as well, yep. uh, and uh, so so great to see him again. Uh, and just uh, there's so many uh, so many stalls that I, I never got a chance to play City of Kings as uh, we were discussing earlier in the uh, in the episode. So hopefully we get a chance to play that soon. Ben was absolutely loving it. Do you know what sold me on that game even before trying it? Was One it? of the characters is a penguin with an ice sword and shield. He's actually one of the adversaries. Is he an enemy? Yeah. I don't know if I can fight something that adorable. <laughs> I'm sure he's an adversary. Only we'll check oh, now. If he's a playable character, I'm playing as him. Maybe, 
Maybe Frank needs to get on that in a future yeah. expansion. <laughs> we want penguin knights. We want penguin penguin ice knights. Yeah. Of the North Pole. P- penguin, penguin ice knights the, of the North Pole. The, so would the order be knights of the North Pole? Yes. New Age of uh, Age of Sigma faction. <laughs> uh, knights of the North Pole. Penguins. Penguin cavalry on polar bears. Oh man. Ice ice lances. So like do you know you could have them where if they go in the water mm. they have narwhal cavalry. They're they right. The unicorn of the sea. They're no, they're they're big monster. Yeah. They've harnessed a killer whale. That's amazing. They have, yeah. It's uh, it's like the the big chief penguin knight, and he's yeah. riding atop this huge killer whale. Yeah, his little yellow plumage bits that like mm-hmm. they they actually like cascade. Down. And he's wearing an ice crown. Yeah. God, we need to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, yeah, guys. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. We are Unlucky Frog Gaming, and I am Ben. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support by giving us money through the Unlucky Frog Patreon. And be sure to check out our website, unluckyfrog.com, to find out more. Thank you.